Look, Octavia has one shot, one opportunity to seize every key she's ever wanted in one moment. Will she capture it? Just let it slip. Welcome to me, my spouse, and a die. everyone, and welcome to episode 20 of Me, My Spouse, and a Die. I'm Gwyneth, your resident Asimar, Octavia Marguerite Sinclair. And I am Austin, your resident Dungeon Master. If you like what you hear in the next hour or so, please give us a five-star review on iTunes or whatever place you use to listen to our podcast. It's really a great way for us to get higher in the charts and grow our audience and find some more great listeners like you. Another great way for us to grow is by you sharing us with your friends, so please do just that. This past week has been probably one of the most stressful Dungeons & Dragons related weeks as I have come up with a response to uh, the challenge that was issued to Octavia at the end of the last episode. And I had, I had homework, real life homework for the first time in a long time, creative homework, which is also, mm-hmm. which I have not had to do in a long time. So I had to pull deep, deep within the depths of Gwyneth slash Octavia's creative recesses to see what kind of thing she could pull out of her butt. And mm-hmm. I'm happy with, with what I got. But I have to say, there were a couple stressful days where I was lying there in bed being like, what can Octavia do? Nothing. <laughs> uh, well, I know I told you this, but just for the listeners' benefit, I watched Eight Mile right before, and as I was planning uh, this this whole dungeon, and I was like, "What if there was a Sphinx?" But instead of doing riddles, he did battle rap. I mean, why not? Exactly. Why not? This is a fantasy world of our own imagination. And it actually is quite along the same lines. It's a battle of wits, battle of quickness of tongue. Exactly. I mean, it actually makes a lot of sense. So, got a regular old bee rabbit in there. (laughs) The Sphinx's name is Papa Doc. You did not tell me that before in the last session. <laughs> uh, tell me again how you spell that, please. I mean, I'm assuming it's just Papa Doc, D O C, which is the <laughs> name of the uh, the other main rapper who Eminem's character battles in that movie. Oh my gosh! Well, I'm inspiration comes in many ways, shapes, and forms. Family, even though this guy's a gangster. His real name's Clarence. <laughs> so is the Sphinx's real name also Clarence? Yes, the Sphinx's name is Clarence. <laughs> Does the Sphinx wear glasses? No, but he went to a private school. <laughs> Did he have to wear a uniform? So if a sw- Sphinx has to wear a uniform, do their pants go have four legs and go up no, the midpoint of this. the body? Or? We're not doing this. No. <laughs> no, not pulling that one out. Not not getting involved in that conversation. 
And also, as I said at the end of uh, the last episode, things have been getting a bit melodramatic for mm-hmm. my taste. A little bit, a little bit too much, too much drama and not enough. Hehe, <laughs> this is a goofy fantasy world that we can do whatever we want in. So <laughs> here's a battle wrapping sphinx for you. Always good to have those moments of levity. Yeah. So you, you bested the beefcake zone. I did best the beefcake zone. Indeed. And now you are uh, awaiting in the the nerd depot to see if you can come out on top. Did you just say the nerd depot? Yes, I did. Oh my gosh, my heart is very happy right now. <laughs> oh man. So, if you would like to get into it, we can just get right into it. Let's get right into it, my love. Okay. To set the scene mm-hmm. for you again, you are deep beneath the city of Montignon, deep beneath the Chapel of Scales. You've traversed through an ancient crypt into this sort of hub with many different rooms, each bearing a different test. You have proven that you are fleet of foot, strong of body, and pure of will. But mm-hmm. now, you have to see if you are keen of mind as well. You are standing in a, about a 20 foot by 20 foot room. Much of it is dark. Not musty, but maybe smells faintly of cigarette smoke. <laughs> and cheap liquor. <laughs> There's a stage in the center of this room that is illuminated by uh, some means that you are not familiar with. Just <laughs> sort of a spotlight down in the center. Fantasy spotlights. Fantasy spotlights. Well, it's just magic light, obviously. Yes, of um, course. That's the beauty. Literally any answer. Magic. Magic. So there's these spotlights shining down on the center stage. On top of which is a sphinx, body of a lion, face of a, I guess that was a, a male sphinx, mm-hmm. uh, face of a man who is probably wearing cool sunglasses. <laughs> yeah, he's got a big golden chain around his neck or a copper chain oh. with a big old copper key at the end. Oh, because perfect. I imagine this key is theme. very fancy. I mean, it's the same sort of key, but the chain is very fancy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He just got finished dropping the sickest of verses. Mm-hmm. If I do say so myself. <laughs> you may. And p- before which he had challenged you to a battle of wits saying mm-hmm. that if you can beat me in this contest of intellect and quick thinking, I'll just I'll give you this key of my own free volition. It didn't say what would happen if you failed, but... Right, yeah. yeah. We'll I feel see, like we'll his, the their claws and other physical prowess of terror would be the answer to that. Yeah, maybe. And so challenged you, said your medium is up to you, because I don't... You know, this new form of, you know, music and poetry is something you haven't heard before. <laughs> of course. This is a, this is a particular... <laughs> A favorite of sphinxes, of which there are not very many. <laughs> so where, it's not surprising. Where are sphinxes from in Moir? 
No one's quite sure. <laughs> They're a mystical creature that's just sort of out there. Shrouded in mystery. Shrouded in mystery. So it challenged you, spit this verse, dropped the mic, mm-hmm. and is now looking at you expectantly. The beat <laughs> finishes up, and all eyes are on you. And Carhoon, but mostly you. Octave. Because I'm not going to battle rap myself. I mean, that would be pretty impressive, but... I uh, didn't write anything else, so... <laughs> well, Octavia will nod her head. Battles of wits in this type of form isn't that crazy. So she understands this sort of, this sort of dueling of the tongue. So she will take a step forward... Not even pick up the mic. She doesn't need it. And we'll say, I'm not an immortal creature. Even better, the divine runs through my veins. I'm just an herbalist, and I can make a salve for the burn I'll lay on you. It'll contain a tablespoon of lavender, a leaf for each year you've been locked in ignorance underground. Your powers of might do not terrify me i've seen angels face to face and monsters arm to claw an ounce of hog's blood because your bluster is hogwash and how you're hogging the spotlight would make al absalon blush in this tomb of my ancestors i beat the loom of the fabric of our world through the imposed divinity threading through my being a leaf of bamboo see how it does not tremble so still your verse shakes me as much as the dead air in this place my wit was honed on the stone of younger siblings in a community that does not believe the visions in my head a pinch of squid ink on the tangled mess of oodles of noodles that must be your brain cannot make your prior offering even slightly palatable To our brew, Carhoon will take his axe and carve a slice of truffle to make your burn a perfume for your mind. And the final ingredient of this poultice for you to place as a comfort next to your core, the heart of a dragon and a whisper of soul to toll this battle between us. And she'll nod her head and take a step back. Yay! Carhoon's like, woo! <laughs> Best type man. <laughs> like, that was amazing. How did you come up with that so quickly? I have a time I'm turner. I'm very impressed. It actually took me a week. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Carhoon's. Uh, it's very supportive as as you spit that. Mm, they're out of. Out of character, I would just like to say that is very good. Oh, thank you, my love. Thank you, my love. Very much. Thank you. (laughs) Creative outlets. Oh, I know. It's been, oof. It's been great. The Sphinx on the stage looks at you. I look back. I meet his gaze. Mm. Well, you can't quite see his gaze because it's behind cool sunglasses. I meet his sunglasses. He's probably just taking a nap. He's sort of... Nodding along, he looks out into the darkness for for a few moments, and 
Then he looks back at you, and he takes one hand, and he sort of like pounds it against his heart a few times, and he says, that was some of the realest stuff I ever heard. (laughs) And Octavia nods her head, and she says, thanks, man. Respect. And I've had a lot of time to sit in this room and hone my skills. But you done meet it, and you done beat it. And he uh, reaches down to his hefty necklace, Mm -hmm. pulls the copper chain off with the big old key at the end, Mm -hmm. jingle jangles it, and he extends his big old furry paws out toward you. Uh, Octavia will kind of cup both of her hands and accept Except the key. I'm sure her her hands are so small compared to how big these paws must be. They are very big paws. He gives you the key. He says, I know I'm the last room in this, so (laughs) if you've made it this far, hope you're ready for whatever's on the other side of all those locks. Do you know? Nope. I'm just a sphinx with the purpose to battle rap anybody who wanders in here. (laughs) It's not a bad gig, honestly. What are you going to do now? No one else will be coming in. Better than open mic nights. Well, uh, uh, assuming you survive. I don't know. Well, that's true. That's true. Well. I don't know. Maybe I'll open up a little coffee shop. Again, go to Lake Ansel. There are lots of, there's a good herbalism place there, of which I Mm. spoke. We sent some other of your comrades. I I, I think the the fleet of foot guy. Oh, yeah, He's kind of weird, if you ask me. Oh, uh, do you have to see him at, like, you know, the, the monthly staff meetings? Make sure. Yeah, we have, we have company mixers every now and then. Dude's a total drag. <laughs> how, how did you get along with the harpies? We, we all just kind of keep our distance. And when I say we all, it's, it's really just me, because I'm the only one. The shadows, they're, they're not bad. They're not oh, bad. They're, they're real fellas. Have surprisingly good personalities. Yeah, you know, once you get to know them, once you get past the whole inky black specter of death thing, and the, not the, bad guys. The, the strength sucking, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they don't they don't do that around around us. Strictly oh, a professional work environment. Of course, know. of course, can only be as one would imagine. Of course. So I, I don't know. I'll probably find a lone mountaintop or something. Harass any wanderers come near. Sounds pretty Maybe good. Find a bridge or something. Classic Sphinx stuff, you know. We oh, love yeah. bridges. Oh yeah, sounds like prime career objectives. I, I, I hope you find what you're looking for down here. Oh, thank you, sir. I've appreciated this, this battle of wit. It's been a long time since I've gotten to uh, stretch my muscles against anyone. So this was fun. To wit, I enjoyed it. <laughs> well. Did you like my wit joke? <laughs> I, I did. It was very good. You didn't respond, so I was like, <laughs> <laughs> And, yeah, you have the key. And with that, Octavia will nod again to the Sphinx and kind of shake her head. And she has, she had seen some kind of crazy things with the monsters having invaded Lake Ansel and the monsters that she would have seen and camped around it, but goodness gracious, she has seen some things she had never thought she was going to see in this (laughs) tomb. So she's like, my eyes are opened. (laughs) 
Uh, as as you are want making your way out, mm-hmm. the Sphinx says, "Peace out, Girl Scout." <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> she's just gonna give a big old thumbs up, both thumbs up, <laughs> and res- and then do finger. The Sphinx would and, if it had, and then do finger guns, thumbs. thumbs up, and then finger guns at it. Nice, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> smooth. She's real cool, super smooth. Oh my gosh! <laughs> All right. Well, with with the final key in hand uh, attached to this blingy necklace, Octavia's going to look at it and be like, this I could sell. Um, she is going to go out through back through the portal into mm-hmm. that main vestibule off of which. Floor. Exactly. Af- off of which all of these uh, chambers opened and she and Carhoon will approach that main door. Okay, you walk up to the door. It is a gleaming brass paneled mm-hmm. door. Very, very nice looking. Even in this dingy, musty old dungeon that's probably sat untouched for hundreds, if not thousands of years, it's still in a pristine shape. There's no, like, tarnish. There's no rust. Uh, it's not Crazy. even really dusty. It's a very, it's a very well preserved brass door mm-hmm. with these four keyholes. Locks each of uh, these different metals of which you have keys. Well, Octavia will turn to Carhoon and check in with him and be like, "Are are you ready to continue on? Are you rested enough after encountering the harpies and everything?" I think I'm fine. Those harpies didn't do too much. I'm feeling able to face whatever's beyond that and i say this even though you have my character sheet and i actually don't know how many hit points i have left <laughs> well you do look as though you took uh you know a couple hits here and there and she'll gesture to whatever gashes he has but you look fine for now <laughs> on a scale cool. of 39 to 0 <laughs> What do, what do I look like? Uh, you look, you know, 15 down. Oh, I mean, that's significant. It is significant. But, I mean, does he... This would be your uh, your call if you guys have any hit die to spend or I, not. I think dice. we both have one hit die left. I know I okay. have the hit die left. Okay. And I'm pretty sure I just used three of his as well, just in case. I think that we will uh, we'll take another minute. We will take a half hour or so, sit, and you, you know this is the this is the final door, the door that we've been waiting for. So we'll sit, take another half hour, and we'll spend one of those hit dice each. While you guys are patching up, uh, Carhoon turns to you and he says. So what do you think is behind that door anyway? A mum I mean we've we've done all this, we've found a bunch of keys, we've come to this chapel, we've traveled for a long time, almost died a couple a couple other times. What do you think? I don't know. Maybe a great mummified dragon that we have to fight again to prove some sort of worthiness. Maybe some sort of weapon to use against the monsters rushing down from the hills. Maybe some other sort of ally that we're awakening. 
maybe it's the first elves. Maybe there are still some who are in here in stasis who have been waiting for a moment to to awaken and help the land again and to come back to the surface. Uh, it could be anything. I mean, that would be pretty cool. I mean, I, I, I'm not even a scholar, and I think meeting one of the first elves would be just out of this world. And I mean, that'd be pretty dope. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what they would be wearing. Do you think their clothes would have been, like, magically preserved as well? Like, do you think their fashion... I wonder what their fashion would have been like. Well, if it's anything like their city, probably very functional. That's true. But I wonder if they would have been able to form clothing out of, like, one piece of fabric. Like, they were out able to... Their buildings. Wouldn't that be interesting? Like a tunic, but no seams. Just all one piece. Maybe they were a society of nudists. This is a family-friendly podcast, <laughs> my love. <laughs> hey, there's nothing, nothing wrong with nudism. <laughs> this is a family-friendly podcast, my love. <laughs> I'm not going to be responsible for somebody being like, Mom, what's a nudist? I'd <laughs> be like, where did you learn that, Jimmy? <laughs> I'm just saying. But yes, it would be it would be interesting. <gasps> but I guess there's only one way to find out, huh? I think the answer would be to open the door. Ah, uh, yeah, that's what I was implying. Yes. No, I was. Really, yes, yes, uh, yes, yes. Yep. Uh, open yep, the door. Yep. Yep. Sorry. I, 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 yep. 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 Mm-hmm. It's cool. You got all the keys, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh oh, I have a hole in the bottom of my bag. Phone keys, wallet. Yep. <laughs> Phone key, 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 wallet. Yes. <laughs> You're dumb. Come on, I thought that was funny. <laughs> oh, you're the best. I love you so much. Gross. Hey, now. <laughs> All right, so with our short rest and our uh, pro- did you Did you roll up those hit points? Yes, I did. While we were being bantering, dumb. yes, while we were with our uh, right, with cool. the, the sitting for half an hour and our prime, just like mm, great example of best conversation and role play there. Hey, I thought that was pretty good. I actually thought it was pretty good too. <laughs> um, so being all healed up, Octavia will bring out all four keys and walk up to the door and study it and if it is obvious which key goes in which keyhole she will put each key in the door well there are four keyholes okay gold silver copper and bronze perfect and you have four keys gold silver copper and bronze awesome so she is going to put each key into the keyhole that the key correlates to click 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 and click oh man and she's going to you immediately die sorry i had to make one one last time i almost did when we after the sphinx room going back through the portal i was like we die going back (laughs) i was like uh that would be too much i feel like the audience has had enough of these you know die instantly jokes (laughs) i don't care if the audience has had enough i have (laughs) 
we'll force you to like our jokes, listeners. <laughs> you don't have to like them, but... <laughs> oh, mention for I us. I feel like if you've made it to episode 20, <laughs> I, you know what you're in That's for. also true. Like, we're, we're not incredibly funny people, and our well of jokes is very limited. <laughs> Yeah, the, so. <laughs> the heights of our wit are not very lofty peaks. They're more like hummocks. <laughs> I mean, often, sometimes the funniest things about our episodes are, are titles, which we actually have time to, like, put a lot of thought into. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> I do lie in bed thinking about episode titles. <laughs> Woo! So, if it's possible, I am going... Uh, Octavia is going to remove the keys from the door without relocking it. I don't know. Some locks, you can do that. Yeah, no, I'm going to say in this instance, they get, they're stuck stuck in the door. Okay. Well, she is going to make sure to remove the blingy chain from the gold (laughs) key. Was it the gold one? It was copper. Copper one. So she's removing the blingy chain from the copper key and putting that in her bag. All right. So you got a cool copper chain. Yeah. And she will... Look over to Carhoon, nod, and mm-hmm. go to open the door. All right, Carhoon is is just gonna pull out his axe just in case. Good call. Shing. All right, you go to open the door. Mm-hmm. All right, it's taking everything in me not to say. You die, die instantly. <laughs> <laughs> you go to open the door. If we had to have to like a, a like an arc title for these last couple episodes of the Chapel of Scales, it should just be Chapel you of die You instantly. Die Instantly, Episode One. <laughs> oh man! You open the door. You pull on the big old handle that is next to all of these keyholes, and uh, it's a weighty door. Mm-hmm. It's made out of metal. It's pretty thick. Uh, but it begins to give way and starts to slide open. Mm. Does it slide towards me or inward? It slides out. Okay. Beyond it, you see a long, dark hallway. This is not a portal. This looks to be actually part of this oh. cave system uh, oh, okay. or this, this sort of excavated subterranean complex itself. Mm-hmm. A long, dark hallway. Uh, no sort of light sources beyond that goes past the range of your dark vision into complete and utter blackness. Wow. Oh, this is so exciting. Okay. How wide is this hallway? About five feet. Okay. Can I see how tall the hallway is? It's about as tall as the door, which, I mean, it's... Well, okay, it's a little bit taller. Maybe like eight to ten feet. Okay. And it looks hewn as opposed to naturally occurring, right? Yeah, all of these have sort of been like carved or crafted. They are not naturally occurring caves. Okay. Octavia is going to cast light on her staff. Your staff illuminates what color light? Um, it's probably a nice warm kind of like yellowish. Rainbow. <laughs> No, <laughs> I feel like that Sorry. would just mess with our eyes, and we'd be like, "Oh, it's too many colors!" Like, oh, it's you know messing with my brain and my eyes here. Just a warm green, 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 red. Yeah. For all my French fans out there, deep cut. Continue. 
you've just derailed me now. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> uh, it's it's just a warm light and just something like a nice incandescent light bulb type of thing. Okay, so kind of yellowish. Correct. Yes. All right. And Bing. if possible, she is going to do a before she or Carhoon take a step into the hallway. She's going to do a perception check. Just to see if it's trapped, basically, now that she has cast light, now that they can see a little further down the hallway, etc. Okay. Uh, Octavia rolls a 22. All right, starting off pretty good. Mm-hmm. You peer down. Roll roll again. Okay. Just because... You, so, I'll let you have that for the bright light, but when it goes into dim light, those perception checks are with disadvantage, so... Oh, okay. So, uh, that would be... The, the, second, the second one would be a 20. Not natural. Wow. Okay. Uh, you see down uh, in the area that is brightly illuminated mm-hmm. by your light. Mm-hmm. It's just a very smooth walled stone tunnel. It doesn't look like you cannot see any obvious uh, traps, no sort of pressure plates or slots in the wall or trip wires or anything like that. You see maybe like some some subterranean bugs, maybe okay. like a spider or two, Does but it- nothing really worth noting. Okay. Does it seem similarly oddly undusty? Yeah, it seems relatively well kempt okay uh, octavia will not really say anything just kind of gesture with her head down the hallway and take a step through the door nodding towards carhoon of course being like let's go okay you step through uh the doorway and yes carhoon begins to follow you yes we do okay you make your way we don't die instantly oh my gosh we don't- I already did that like twice. I was trying to give people a break. I know. Sorry. I know. You got me doing it too. Yes. So you step through the doorway and you begin slowly making your way through these tunnels. Mm -hmm. Um, Your footsteps are echoing along through this dark, stony passageway. Mm Mm-hmm. Eventually, ahead of you, in the dim light afforded by this light, you begin to see that maybe, uh, you know, 80 to 100 feet past the doorway, it opens up into a broader room or chamber of some kind. Okay. Octavian Carhoon will get to the edge of the hallway, and as soon as they notice that it'll start opening up into the bigger cavern, they're going to pause... And go more slowly and cautiously up into that where it opens up bigger. Okay. And then once we get to that edge, we are going to want to kind of peer around cautiously and do another couple perception checks. Okay. So you slowly and cautiously make your way up Mm -hmm. uh, towards the the threshold into this larger cavern. Mm -hmm. And you wish to percept, Mm -hmm. perceive. Yes, sir. All right, so am I rolling this? So I have 20 feet of bright light because of light and then 20 feet of dim light because of light. Mm-hmm. And then with... You can just roll a perception check. Not a just, just one. Just one. Yeah, okay. just, just roll. Ooh, 
only 14. Only 14. Could car um, What specifically are you looking for? Are you just taking a general sense of what's in there? Are you looking for traps? Probably specifically looking for traps and or potential enemies. Okay. With your 14, uh, you do not detect any traps or potential enemies. Okay. Do we have an inkling of how big this room is? It is not huge. Okay. And if you would like, I can describe the room now. Yes, please. So, with the light from your spell, it basically illuminates most of the room. You have, what, 20 feet of bright and 20 feet of dim beyond that? Yep, and with both of our dark vision, the dim is as though it were bright. Yeah, so it basically illuminates the whole room. Okay. So, you look in and you see it opens up into a chamber. Okay. It's a wide, circular chamber. Okay. It's got sort of cobbled stones tiling the floor. Mm-hmm. The air is is kind of stale like it has been in this entire mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, thing, you know, like it hasn't been moving around. It's just sort of been sitting in this mm-hmm, chamber mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. kind of dank. quite a long time. Yeah. But uh, the room is most notable for one uh, central feature. Oh, my goodness. Okay. In the center of this room, you see a large statue. No! Okay. Uh huh. The statue is carved of a single piece of marble. <gasps> uh huh. That is veined with streaks of blue. Oh. It is carved in the shape of an enormous dragon's head. Oh my. Gosh! What do you do? Can I hearken back in my memories to recall... If my memory as a player serves me correctly, the dragon head in my dreams, wasn't it veined with red? It was indeed. Okay. And this is veined in blue. Correct. Well, Octavia is going to stand there dumbfounded because... Even though there's a slight difference in the veining being red versus blue, seeing in reality this, what she had seen in her dreams, she's going to, she's Mm. probably going to reach out with her hand that doesn't have her staff and grab Carhoon's arm and just squeeze it and say lowly under her breath, this is what I've seen in those dreams that I've told you about. I thought it sounded... I thought it looked familiar. I didn't think that this was something that would ever exist in reality. I thought it was a fevered... I don't... I thought... I thought it was a descent into a state of being that was other than my... I thought I was going crazy when I dreamt those, because they seemed so real. They happened over and over, and I would just push them aside. But to see this... Fr- I, I'm seeing this with my own... You're seeing this, Carhoon. Is, you, right? It's not this just me. This looks real to me. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And she's just gonna... She's just gonna go up to it. Okay. And... You approach it. Yeah. And she's just going to look almost longingly at this... At this 
shape that has haunted her dreams and haunted her life for so many years. Mm-hmm. And she's ju- she's just going to stand there for a moment. What exactly does she see? Well, I mean, the room is mostly featureless. Mm-hmm. Uh, circular, slightly domed ceiling, all just made of the same gray rock. There's not any intricate carvings or detail work, no reliefs, no murals, none of that stuff. Cobbled floor, and then just this pedestal in the center with this massive dragon head statue that's basically as big as you are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Does the does the carving of the dragon head, is it a same type of dragon head as the one in her dreams? So it's similar, but it is not exactly the same. Okay. Whereas the one you saw in your dreams, it was very, it was very distinct. It had very pointed features, Mm -hmm. uh, long horns coming off of the back Mm -hmm. of it. This one is similar. Uh, The features aren't quite as sharp. It's more um, defined by lots of sort of spiny frill work Mm -hmm. on the back of its head. Mm -hmm. And there's sort of a big pointed horn, almost kind of like a, a rhinoceros horn coming out of its nose. Oh, okay. So they are, they're both distinctly dragons, mm-hmm. but they're definitely different. Different dragons. Different dragons. Octavia is going to keep standing there and to Carhoon she'll say, it's almost the same. As I look, as I remember, as I dig into those memories, I don't, I don't think they are the same. Exactly. She's, she'll, like, lift her hand and, and kind of, like, gesture towards the difference in the frills and kind of mm-hmm. with her with her finger, like, a, 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 just an inch above the actual stone, kind of trace the blue veins. Mm-hmm. And she'll continue and be like, and these veins, in my dreams, these veins were red. But, but other, other than that... It is so similar. And she's going to look and see if there is an indentation on the nose of this dragon statue. Okay. Before you do that, roll a history check. Okay. I'm not particularly... Octavia is not the most particularly intelligent person. Ooh, but she rolled great, so that is a 17. Even though, you know, dreams are sort of funny and mm-hmm. difficult to remember often, you do remember that uh, in this dream that you had, aside from the difference in the actual dragon head, uh, you know the room itself was slightly different. In your dream, the walls had been very much covered in, like, uh, moss and oh, fungus, and okay. everything was kind of dank oh, and that's musty. Right. Okay. Okay. And here it is just, it's still clean, even though it is yeah, kind of it's musty. It's very clean, sort of pristine. There's not really any growth or wildlife in here. Okay. So you would guess that, since this is a real place, if the the place in your dream was real for some reason, you would guess it's not the, the same thing that you are seeing now. Okay. But still, for it to be so, to be so similar, even if it was slightly just, dis- even if it were slightly dissimilar, 
I mean, Octavia's just... She's been having these dreams for years and no one has believed her or has just kind of written them off as some weird fever dream or something to see something that is, you know, obviously not exactly the same, but similar is it. She's just floored. Karun says, so what else about this place do you remember from your dreams? And she'll lift that hand that had been tracing the blue veining in the marble, and she'll say, In my dream, I always lift my hand and find a node on the nose of the dragon. And when I push it, the jaw hinges open. And she's going to lift her hand and kind of... Like, finagle with the, the horn that's on the dragon's nose and see if something happens. Okay. Uh, roll a investigation check okay. for me. I've rolled a natural 20. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But my investigation is negative one. So I will let you know that because it's not (laughs) combat. So it is just a 19. That's true. With your 19, you run your hands along the sort of nose Mm -hmm. horn region of this dragon head statue. And yeah, after just a moment of searching, you find a small sort of button. Oh my god. Goodness. I press it. Click. Oh you my die God. instantly. No. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I think we have to call this episode You Die Instantly. I mean like I think we might have to. Sorry. Alright. Um no, but you you push in this little indented uh scale on the nose of this great dragon head statue and there's a, a slight oh shaking under your feet. Oh my gosh. Stuff begins to to tremble. Not so much that you would quite fall down, but enough that you notice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the massive jaw of this statue begins to unhinge <gasps> and lower. Oh my goodness. And after a few moments, it rotates through its full range of movement and uh, comes to settle with its mouth agape with an item lying on its tongue. Oh my goodness gracious goose grease. Holy cow. Okay. Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. Whew. Okay. What is this item? You and Carhoon is very intrigued by all of this. Mm-hmm. So he sort of hustles up behind you to look over your shoulder. You see lying on the carved marble tongue of this dragon head is a belt. Oh. It is a very finely crafted belt. It looks like it's some sort of leather, but it's like colored leather so that 
it's it's blue and it's sort of embossed in such a way that it does look sort of scale like uh, probably gilded to emphasize not in a gaudy way but in a very regal mm, mm-hmm, uh, way mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and inset into the buckle of this very very fine belt mm-hmm is a large spherical blue gemstone. A sapphire, I believe. Oh, it is. Sapphires are blue. Sapphires can indeed be blue. Yes, it's a blue sapphire. It's very large. I mean, it's about the size of a little bit bigger, maybe, than a ping pong ball. Oh, wow. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah, it's very big. So, Octavia is... Octavia is being a lot less cautious right now than she would normally be because it's so surreal to be basically living out a, in reality a manifestation of her dream world. So she's just going to pick it up, not not you, look you around, your- you know, not check to see if there's a hinge or spring underneath it mm-hmm. that's going to spring a trap. She's just like, finally, after all this time, her dreams aren't making her seem deranged. Oh, you reach a hand out, you reach both hands out mm-hmm. to pick this up, and Carhoon doesn't grab your arms, but he just sort of puts a hand on your arms as they're extending, and you see his eyes are just, like, wide, <laughs> and his jaw is, like, uh-huh. down. He's like, do you know what this is? I have absolutely no idea. All I know is that I've dreamt of a place similar to this, and every time I dreamt that, I reached forward and grasped whatever object was on that tongue of that carved dragon's head. And I don't know. I've... I... I mean, we're supposed to take it, right? I mean, we're supposed... We're called to be here? We're supposed... I mean, what else are we supposed to do? Do you know what happened to the... Sacred Tribunal after the Dragon War. Um, I mean, I've heard, I've heard hints of it. I mean, after the war, that's, that's after the dragons were warring with each other. Isn't that right? The metallic dragons and the chromatic dragons raged a long and bloody war. And eventually the original elves and the the metallic dragons were either slain or driven deep underground. So... What we've gathered from the tome of Belvidra is that sometime after this occurred, the remaining dragons, the chromatics, and the apoleths sought to become like gods, as, as I've said. Right. And the three could not abide by this, and they sent an avatar of their power down to cleanse the world in the judgment. Right, yes. The Abeleth were banished, and the dragons, the remaining, the chromatic, what remained of the sacred tribunal who were once sent to protect the people of this plane. A mere death was not punishment enough, as as the, uh, the three saw fit to give them, and so their souls were rent from their bodies and imprisoned within five artifacts spread across the land to be hidden 
be forever present, conscious, and sentient, but impotent, not able to exact their own will upon the world. And Octavia, I think we are looking at one of these artifacts. Based on where we are, what we've gone through. So, you're saying that that gem, like pointing at the sapphire, contains the essence of the last blue dragon? If I'm right, then yes. Potentially. Well, that's terrifying! Slightly, yeah. So, but at the same time... He removes his hand from your hand and he says, I think we're here, I I believe we're here for the same reason that you think. I just wanted you to know what you may be getting yourself into. I feel like regardless of what that gem may contain or may not contain... I'm already into it. I've already gotten myself into it. And we've been called here. I've been called here. And you've, thankfully, you've come along with me on this journey. But I don't know if this dragon soul, if this this artifact, this sentient being, and she does take a step back at that. I don't know if... It's supposed to help us in some way? I don't know. I don't know a lot of things. But I do... I don't know exactly what this is, but if it is... If it contains the essence, the soul of a dragon, it is powerful, to say the least. So we should leave it here. I don't know why we would be brought here, have to go through all of what we just went through, to find this, to leave it? Well, that's what I was it thinking. It seemed to make sense to me. That's what, I, I mean, same here. I, I don't know why Carastus through, or, you know, Al Absalon through Carastus would say, come here to the Chapel of Scales. And we're like, okay, cool, hunky-dory. We do this. We come here. We go through all these rooms. We come to a room come to a statue of which I've almost dreamed but not quite and have this jaw open and then have an artifact be there and then not take it I mean again I cannot begin to fathom the will and the thought processes of the gods of the three but is there something that we can do to try to neutralize it so we can carry it on our persons but not be influenced potentially by it? I, I mean, that is... That would be, a, 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 I don't know, a great kind of neutralizing magic. I'm not sure. I don't know of any such magic that can go toe-to-toe with the dragon soul. But these things are not well known. Dragons have not set foot on Moir for... Hundreds of years. Thousands, potentially. I think we're here for a reason. I agree. I think this is the reason. I also agree. 
I don't mean to dissuade you from your present course of action. I just want to make sure you are aware of the risks if what I think is what actually is. I appreciate it. But if we both are in agreement that this object is what we were sent here to to retrieve, then... Then we have to take it? I mean, would it even matter if I put on gloves? I mean, if no magic can go toe-to-toe to neutralizing a dragon being contained in this this article of clothing, this belt. I mean, I might as well just pick it up. He withdraws his hands from yours and says, I don't know what else we are supposed to do. I mean, shoot, it's a freaking dragon, so right? That's pretty dang cool. I mean, it, I, again, I've not, I am not the scholar that you have been, but... I've studied dragons for like a hundred years, <laughs> so I'm kind of geeking out right now. <laughs> he's like, he, he magically just like glasses appeared on his face and he's, you know, like pushing them up <laughs> the bridge of his nose type of thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, Octavia... Thank you for subscribing to Dragon Facts. <laughs> And Octavia is a little excited. I mean, you know, her adrenaline is going and uh, she's her very being, her existence is being validated by the even the existence of this room. And she's going to extend her hands again and say, if this be the will of Al Absalon, so be it. And she's going to pick up the belt. Okay. You pick up the belt. Oh my gosh. And as you oh do, you immediately just feel oh like this belt is the perfect size for you. It's It would look absolutely ravishing <laughs> around your <laughs> you, waist. It just feels like the right fit. And as you pick it up, you're sort of, you are drawn you feel compelled to to look into this mm-hmm. uh, gemstone that is set into the buckle. Mm-hmm. What do I see? You look into this ping pong ball sized sapphire just gleaming, reflecting the light beautifully. Mm-hmm. And you see a reflection of your face. Mm-hmm. Of your face. Mm-hmm. And after a moment... It's like everything else just sort of fades away. Uh-huh. You're just so drawn in by this gem. It's got some pull on you oh, that you no. can't quite explain. Uh-huh. And everything just sort of melts away around you. And you look, after a moment, you can sort of tear your eyes away from this. And you look around and you see that you can't see Carhoon. You can't oh my see gosh. this room, oh my you gosh. can't see the hallway leading out. Uh-huh. You just find yourself in, it's just like a, a plane of almost blackness. Oh my the, gosh! The ground beneath your feet is just like black as far as you can see, but around you it's almost like a, a light blue tint. Mm-hmm. And you're just sort of caught up in this moment wondering like, what the heck just happened? <laughs> right. And you hear a voice. Oh my gosh. You hear a voice coming from behind you. Okay. And that voice says, Hello, little one. 
Who's come to wake me from my slumber? What? What do you do? Oh my goodness. Octavia will turn and she will say, I take the little one to be an endearing term and my name is Octavia Marguerite Sinclair and I've been sent here by the three, specifically by Al Absalon. There's a moment of silence and then... Oh my goodness. From out of the shadows on the edge of your vision, something begins walking towards you. And in front of you, you see resplendent, glorious, scales gleaming in the dim light, a huge blue dragon. Oh my gosh! Staring down at you. Oh my gosh! And we'll pick up here next. (laughs) I take us out, my love. Please do. Goodness. Oh, goodness gracious. Yanksy bikesy. Ha! Ah. Alrighty. Whew. Thank you all so much for listening. If you like what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes or your preferred podcasting app. A great way for us to grow and reach more people like you is to share us with your friends. So please tell your RPG group about us, your mom about us, your boss about us, and anyone you think might be interested. If you want to get in touch with us, please shoot us an email at me, my spouse, and a die at gmail.com or get in touch with us on social media. Our handle is at and a die podcast. We super duper love hearing comments from our listeners and we always try to respond to each message that we get. Catch y'all next week.